Am I on? You're on, dude. Am I looking good? You looking straight. Okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. Yes, sir. Hey, everybody. This is Benny. Let's start that again. <laughs> <laughs> Cut. Here it goes. Second take. Round two. Hey. What's up, everybody? This is Benny J. And it's your boy, Chris, Mr. All the Way Live from the 215 in the building. And this is Internal Explosion, the podcast. This is episode number six, titled Deadly. Yikes. Pre-Halloween there. Which is kind of crazy how fast this year has gone to get back to Halloween. My goodness. The marker for me of last Halloween was putting up a new mailbox. So I look at that mailbox and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that marks Halloween for me. So check this out. The reason we chose Deadly for today, and this was this was a little bit, in a sense, not as randomized as other episodes have been and will be coming up. And the reason that we chose Deadly today in this nice little Black Widow is because the other night, I don't know if you can see this or not, but... The other night, something bit me under my chin. You got vamped, dude. Bro, I had to protect my neck, and I couldn't because I was <laughs> sleeping. And unfortunately for me, I didn't feel it, but maybe that's fortunate as well because that would have been terrifying to wake up to pain in the middle of the night. I don't like that idea at all. So this thing swelled up. I had a fat neck. It was mm. thick with two Cs. And a K, if you will. Nice. So I thought to myself, man, what an absolutely perfect object lesson. My fat neck. Uh, so this is what's interesting about it. I thought about I got injected with some kind of venom, some kind of poison, wh whatever it is that spiders inject into you through their little fangs. And I started thinking about it and I recognized, whoa, just like... This thing got me good, and I had a nice little bulge in the wrong spot of my body. Uh, I realized, wow, the way that we speak, our tongue can be filled with deadly poison. And it could actually make someone else feel very swollen and in pain based on what we might have said to them. So it's really something that came close to my heart as I was thinking it through. I wouldn't want to continuously harm people because I am filled with deadly venom that I would say something to my brothers or sisters or people who don't even, who don't even associate with God, uh, just people of the world. I don't want to be causing people harm all the time because I don't have good control over my tongue. It's good to recognize though, that I have the venom and I personally think I've talked too long. <laughs> nah, dude, no, that, that, that's a good intro because I was over here ruminating a little bit um, the, the tongue is the only organ in the body or the only part of the body that has the power of life and death. Mm. So you have the ability to be able to speak positive words or speak negative words. True. And, you know, just like once you squeeze the toothpaste out of a tube, once it's out, it's not coming back in. Yeah. You can't put it back in. And so we have to be very discerning of what we're saying to people. But also taking that one step further, uh, I know that there are some people, especially in, in our line of work in the business of people, 
that are so excited to evangelize. Yes. Nothing nothing wrong with that. That's what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But if you don't understand the context of your audience, if you don't understand where they are in life, you could totally speak venom into them over something that's so pure as, you know, God and relationship, but if they're not ready to hear it, yeah. then it could have a negative effect. So with with the power that we have, there has to be some discernment. Boy, is that true? Discernment's key. So it's kind of the idea of always having, let's say, a gun in your pocket, but you have the choice to use it or not. It's the same idea with this, with this constant weapon we pack called the tongue. It's full of this deadly venom, and yet we can learn how to master it as much as possible. Now, the reality is that the scripture teaches no one has ever perfectly mastered the tongue. It is just constantly leading us in many directions because it's interesting out of the overflow of our hearts, our mouths speak, our tongues move. And when our tongues move out of what's going on in the inside of us, in our hearts and our attitudes, if you will, we are bound to say things that are going to drive us in directions that could be very damaging or on the flip side could bring us into the light more. Uh, So it's important to think about what are you saying to other people because you might actually be poisoning their well if they're open to listening to you and uh, are vulnerable with you. Uh, There's a good chance that you're going to cause them damage at some point, but it's our responsibility to make sure that we have figured out how to carefully guard our hearts to make sure that we are constantly going to Jesus as the wellspring of life not getting sucked into speaking from the flesh, which comes out of vengefulness, where we want to take revenge upon someone for harming us, or jealousy, or envy, or slander, trying to bring someone else down with our words in order to try to elevate ourselves. If we're doing any of those things with our words, guarantee that you're not doing a good job guarding your tongue and making sure that what you allow to come out of your mouth is submitted to God first and foremost. Wow, dude, you 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 quoted a lot of scripture without the the chapter chapter verse references. That's that's great. Um, so I'm actually going to kick another question back to you. It's a rhetorical question. Mm-hmm. So how do we know when we're speaking life into somebody? What are what are the results? Um, I'm going to lead young. Here's the alley oop. What are the fruits that come from <laughs> from from when you are speaking life into somebody? If you're speaking life into somebody, there should be, on their end, a sense of relief. Uh, There should be a sense of hope. Uh, Joy even is possible to come out of them when they hear something good from you. Uh, If you are speaking into their lives positively, but they don't desire to be in the truth, you might actually get a revengeful type approach back. They might actually come at you for the truth. Because the scripture also says that um, the truth will actually cause some to hate you. So you got to watch if someone hates you for what you're saying in the truth, you got to check a couple things. You got to one, make sure in yourself and in the scriptures between you and God that you are genuinely in the truth in what you're saying. But then two, you got to make sure that are they outside of the truth? Do they actually know what the truth is? And when they hear it, are they just having that fight or flight reaction 
uh, to hearing the truth because it almost feels like an enemy uh, is coming upon them, is trying to damage something they might value at their core level. And if that's going on, there's only so much you can say to that person without God doing that work that only God can do in their hearts to allow them to receive that truth you've shared. So if you are easily offended by someone rejecting you, here's some encouragement for you. God says that those who reject you, if you're coming to them in his name, sharing the gospel, all those insults fall on God. All of them fall on Christ. Jesus takes all of that shame, all of that discomfort, awkwardness, takes it upon himself. But it's our job as believers when someone is is dealing with the truth in that way to put it to Christ, to stop trying to take it on as though they're speaking against us because they don't. They don't even know what they're speaking against. They're just reacting to the truth. So we don't have to take that personally. Well, and there's another part of that is in order to speak life into someone, you have to invest in somebody. You Mm got to get to know them. Because if I just talk to you about that great burger joint down the street and I don't know you. Five guys. You you might, what if you're a vegetarian? Now, Now I just totally mess up that relationship. Like... I'm talking about the beef and 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 like the the, the cuts and everything and you hate Deep everything. Cuts. You hate everything about meat. <laughs> but if I if I had an opportunity to get to know you, like know what you like and what you dislike, I mean it doesn't have to be too deep or penetrating, but mm. before I can assert my beliefs or assert um even the gospel, it's like there has to be some type of investment on my part to get to know you, to know where you are in your life journey, your faith journey, if, if you even have a faith journey, mm-hmm. just to get an idea of, of where you are. So, you know, everything that you said is true. I, I'm definitely with you 110%. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I would just add to that to season it is to invest with invest in people. We're all called to community uh, as believers. And I think that that's one of the things that kind of kind of hits the nail on the head is hmm. if we invest in the person and then they'll be more apt to receive our words. I feel that, Chris. You said something that just brought something I watched yesterday on YouTube. It was uh, it was Gordon Ramsay, mm. and he was talking to this gentleman about uh, the guy's mac and cheese that he made. He, he called it a luscious mac and okay. cheese. Oh wow! But when Gordon Ramsay went up to this guy, he said to him, "All right, Ben, what's going on with your mac and cheese?" What do you notice about it when you take a taste of your own food? The guy took a taste and he said, seasoning. Hmm. It doesn't have any seasoning. Oh, no. And Gordon Ramsay says, how are you going to have the perfect outside surface layer, the crust? How are you going to have that all perfect? The pasta al dente, everything Hmm. is spot on, but you forgot the seasoning it's like Christians forgetting about being the salt of the earth. Oh, yes. And I think about that. It's like if the salt loses its saltiness, what's going to make it salty again? Nothing. Salt is the, is the key component in that verse. It's, it's got such a strong flavor. But we also have the responsibility to figure out how much do we mm-hmm. use for each situation? Because you all know how it tastes. At least most of you should know how it tastes. If you put too much salt on any given entree, any given, any given food, it gets nasty. 
So everybody's got a little bit, it's a subjective range on how much salt everybody needs, but we have to do the investigative work to figure out how much salt does this person need in this case? How much salt does this person need? It is, it's imperative for us to be thinking about how do we season our words with this, with this type of seasoning that would make people want a taste of this great God that we're, we're supposed to be going out there and sharing about. Yo, that was, you took the words out of my mouth, dude. We're on the same wavelength. Because if, if, if we speak of the world, then that's death. We yeah. speak of God, it's life. Amen. Now, I, I know that's a lot. For a believer, that's easy to understand. Yeah. I, could, I could definitely imagine someone saying, well, how is God life in the world death? Like, you know, the, the, the world has so many good things, so many good foods, so many good sights, sounds, and everything, so many good relationships. How can that be deadly? How can that be death? You have to look at it, or we have to look at it, on a different playing field. You know, everything that you can see and perceive will die eventually, yes. but, but God is forever. So as we speak and as we talk about our relationship with God, that's life, mm -hmm. because it's directing people in that direction. Because, you know, all of us were at a time non-believers. Yeah. You know, we were just living in the world. We were condemned um, to die. But the amazing thing about one, once we enter a relationship with God is that life is in us. Yes. And our job is to point people in that direction. So in essence, we have to mind the company we keep. Oh, we have to stay prayed up. There is a whole lifestyle that comes with that because we do have to guard our hearts and our eyes. Yep. And also, as we are consistently being filled up by that light, we don't just hoard it for ourselves. You know, we shine that light on on others so yes. that they are aware, um, so that they can have life. Yes, because a city on a hill <laughs> can't be hidden. It's a beacon of hope. It's a light that shines for all to see. Because if you're down in the valley, guess what? That city is going to be one of the most obvious things that you'll see looking up. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we're called to be. We share the light that comes from a place that is of a much higher value, a much higher position, so that people who are down in the depths in despair, in the shadows, in darkness, are able to look up and see that light. That's what Christians are called to be. And Christians are called to go out into the world as the light of the world. There is no escape in this if we're going to be Jesus' hands and feet. It's got to be, it's got to be something that we do on purpose. We see the call. God calls us through the word of God, the scriptures. His spirit indwells us, comes inside of us. We become the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is wild. So we got to make sure that temple swept mm. clean consistently. And that comes through the disciplines. And one of those disciplines that really keeps us purified is prayer. Another mm. one that keeps us purified is meditation on scripture. Be, you know, Showing ourselves workmen approved unto God by the way that we study the scriptures carefully, minding all the details, not just being like, well, you know, I, I, I want to just live by faith. I don't want to just dissect everything. I don't want to just break all the scripture down so that it becomes merely intellectual to me. You know, that, that seems like a cop out for not getting deeper into the scripture and figuring out what the contextual pieces of it mean. Because when you know the context of scripture, it shows you where the people of old, those who follow Jesus directly, 
or followed Jesus maybe right after his death, but had a personal experience of the, with the spirit of Christ, um, it gives us the opportunity to see where they came from and what they actually meant in that time and place under that culture. So we need to do the careful investigating if we're going to find out who this God, who this Jesus really is. And this Jesus speaks life. You know, I'm thinking about the Lazarus story, how this guy was dead and Jesus played it like so cool when they told him that Lazarus was dead. He was like, okay, let, let's go. Let's go check him out. Let's go. Let's go visit. Let's go pay our respects a little bit. Let's go check up on Lazzy. <laughs> and I mean... He he wasn't close. You know, it took a couple of days to get there. And by they the time they got lazy there. Lazzy. They called him Lazy <laughs> Lazarus because, you know, he was so lazy, he died. He wasn't doing nothing. <laughs> he was down and out, man. Down and out. I'm playing. So on, I hope you know that. On day four, Jesus arrives. And so everyone is mourning. And Jesus said, you know what? O- open open up the, the grave. Yeah. Open up the grave. And they said, nah, that dude stank. He'd been in there for a minute. And he, he got said, them nasty linens. Yeah, nasty linens. Oh, gosh. Oh. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> but then Jesus, as we're talking about the death and life, Jesus said, Lazarus, come out. Mm-hmm. And words. He, he got up. Words. Words that, that once again bring life. Yes. But um, I, I heard, and you've probably heard this too, Jesus had to specifically say, Lazarus, come out, because if he had just said, come out... Every person that was dead would come out. <laughs> so he had to be very specific so that there wouldn't be a a, um, a situation on his hand that said, you, Lazarus. Thank God our out. words don't have that much. We don't have the same power in our words as God does. Because the generalizations I make could cause some massive ripple effects sometimes. And that's a little frightening. Oh, my goodness. Yes. But it all, it also highlights the power of of the tongue. You know, mm-hmm. when when God speaks, things happen. Yep. Um, you know, we're we're here. You know, God spoke, we arrive. The earth comes into being. We have days. Yep. You know, everything that we see is evidence of of God's voice, so to speak, speaking. And so we may not be able to speak and bring someone physically alive, but we can pour into someone mentally. We can pour into someone spiritually. But that has to come from a place of love. That has to come from something that's inside of us. So mm-hmm. we have to monitor the situations that we're in, the the company that we keep, what we're what we're reading, what we're watching on TV. We have to make sure that we are consistently filling ourselves up with things that bring light. Yes. And the overflow, you know, Ben, like you said, um, the overflow of all that will allow us to speak truth and life into other people, as opposed as opposed to speaking words of death. And getting back to the idea of deadly venom, now there are just so many things that we can say to others, but we can't forget about the things that we say to ourselves, Mm. that constant dialogue we have between the working parts of our being. It's so many parts and yet we're one being. What a weird idea. So if I'm saying under my breath, oh, you idiot, every time I do something that I deem as foolish, or I, or I I heard that growing up all the time whenever I did something that wasn't quite up to the standards my parents had or other adults may have had, or my peers for that matter, that stuff stuck. So that became a part of my self-talk. When I hear myself say things like, 
God, you're just so stupid. Like what kind of moron does that? You know, it's funny. Every time I say those things to myself, I reinforce the idea that that's true about me. I have to fight those, those knee jerk reactions to want to say those words. They're on a, they're, they're like on a constant repeat track. They just go over and over. It's my job to become aware of them and then pull back in the reactive moment and then think, submit it to God, submit it to Christ so that I can have the transforming of my mind, the renewing of my mind. And then in that awareness, I speak something that is true and accurate over myself. And in doing so, God is going to transform me further. He's going to work on my heart in the areas that I've been incompetent or not confident in, in him. He's going to do the, he's going to do the rewiring of my mind so that I can become not just powerful for myself, but powerful in the way that I go out into the world and convey his message. I am literally walking as the hands and feet of Jesus. I am a, like we, we talked about in previous episodes, we are clay jars. Mm -hmm. God fills us even though we're breakable. God continues to re reshape us, to remold us so that we can hold this amazing power and presence of his Holy Spirit. And that sounds probably very hmm. mysterious. There's a mystique to this idea of spirit because even though we have the intuition to sense there's something more, we don't have the words to articulate it. Thank you, Jordan Peterson, for those <laughs> excellent ways of saying things. Oh boy, I love that guy. So there's something really important about us being willing and able to submit to God so that he can do the work in our hearts that needs to be done. So we, be we become effective and remain effective in the world for his sake. You know, the, the cool thing about what you said is if we, if we immerse ourselves in God, mm -hmm. if we, if we do the, the, the mental and spiritual exercises, of you know being with like-minded people and reading scripture, uh, meditating, mm -hmm. and just minding what's coming into our body, you'll actually hear the voice of God. It it's amazing. It's amazing. So that that's the big takeaway. You do enough of these things, you may not hear from God all the time, but the chance of you hearing from God increases as mm -hmm. you become more aware and more perceptive. And you know that looks different for for different people. Uh, for for myself, it's not audible. It's something that just speaks to my spirit, and I know, like, yes, that's that's God. That's exactly what I needed to hear. But it's amazing how the Creator of the universe takes time out of His day to say, "You know, my son, mm -hmm. my child," and that it is a voice that is more affirming, more more connecting, more life bringing than anything else on this planet. Yeah. And so I just want to encourage you that many people will speak into your life, but I think I'm going to go out on a little limb right here. Um, I can imagine that when God speaks to you, it connects with you in a way that is deeper and more meaningful than anyone else on the planet. And there's something about that that brings me life versus someone that comes up to me and says, yo, you're short or or you're black or you're whatever, or just tries to break me down. We serve a God that speaks life into us at all times. And since Amen. we are creating God's image, we have to speak life into into others. But 
it has to come from a point of, you know, knowing who God is, you know, building that yep. relationship first. I'm going to go into that a little bit. I'm going to share some things about myself that are, I would consider very personal, uh, but relevant to helping all of you who are listening understand that we all have areas of, of weakness. We all have areas where there's contention in ourselves, um, where people have said things to us, like Chris said, you know, somebody saying he's short. You know, I never had anybody say that to me, but I've had many people say, look at the size of those ears. Hey, Dumbo, where's your magic feather? <laughs> and after a while, you start to think self-conscious thoughts about yourself, because if someone has, if someone has the desire to say that to you, the inclination to say that to you, then they must have a judgment against it or think that it's too much or it's not right or it's not good enough. And we start to internalize those things and they become a part of our own dialogue within ourselves. And when that happens, we start to develop a different image than the image that God has given us, the image of God that he has placed in us. He created us in that image. Uh, so it's really necessary for us to do a deep inventory of the different things that we've heard people say that we've taken on and we actually started b believing uh, even though we might, it's funny because we might believe it at a, at a, maybe a subconscious or an unconscious level, but consciously we're always fighting it because we hate the fact that that thing feels inadequate. So why don't we just do the extra work, identify what it is that people have said about us that we don't believe to be true about us and start telling ourselves the truth of who we really are in Christ, who we really want to become. Why sit in the background and take a back seat when we could take the driver's seat and say, no, nah, I'm not doing that anymore. No, you know what? I like my ears. I like looking in the mirror and seeing those big honkers. I look like a trophy if you grab me by the head by the ears. It's fantastic. And I can say that with such certainty now. I'm not afraid to be myself. And you know what? There's always insecurity that pops back up when you don't expect it. That's where you got to do the hard work again. And then again, and then again, it doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. You keep having to fight off the old tendencies of the old man, the flesh that we're always fighting if we're in the spirit. So to those of you who don't know scripture, any of you who aren't, let's say, in Christ at this time, it's super important to recognize that we're going to be products of what we were born as. We were born into this world in sin. Sin took root in your heart before you were even born. It took root from generations that go all the way back to the beginning with Adam and Eve. And most of you have probably heard of that. So those two, sin came through them and the lineage all the way up to Jesus was completely marred by sin. And through the Davidic line, which is through David, if you know about David in the Old Testament, Jesus came through that lineage. That's his genealogy. When Jesus came, he became everything so that we could, so that we could be able to have fullness in him. We could be forgiven of sin. He could take on sin, conquer it, conquer death, and then come up and take up his own life again saying, I have the power alone to take up my life. I have the power alone to choose death. Nobody could do that to him. It was God's choice to do completely. So through him, 
We no longer have to live in the flesh. We don't have to live in the old man if we choose to fight toward being in the spirit. That's my probably slightly uh, convoluted version of the story. I think Chris could give us a little bit more of the every man's or the every woman's way of thinking of it. Oh, man, a lot of pressure. But (laughs) there are two choices. You got this big guy. (laughs) Got life and death. That's it. Those those are your two choices. Everything in life can be distilled into life and death. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to live, it's going it's going to take some work. Yeah. True. Truthfully, if you pick the other side, it's going to take work too. Um, maybe a little bit easier, but still, there's going to be some investment. Mm-hmm. So it, it really depends on what you want to be associated with. If you want to choose life or choose death. Mm-hmm. Um, if you choose life, you'll still have hardships. <laughs> never end. Unfortunately, never you'll still ending. have a hardships. But the rain both falls on the righteous and the oh, wicked. And the wicked. Right. You ain't getting away from the rain. Right. Like life's pressures and pains are gonna hit you no matter where you stand with Christ. Yeah. And the the thing about it is that you want to have that relationship because you know Jesus promised life and life more abundant. Amen. And so our our highs and lows are probably more dynamic than those that choose the death option. But the ultimate high is after we die, which all of us will die, we, we get an after party mm-hmm. forever. You know, Jesus talked about going, going forward to, to build a mansion for us. And because he has built a mansion for us in heaven, he's going to come back and get us. Mm-hmm. And so for those of us that are living in subpar conditions or you aren't the, the brightest or the most popular or whatever, we are promised to have a fulfilled version of who we're supposed to be mm-hmm. with the one that loves us deeper than anyone else um, in the universe. And we get to do that forever. Yes. And so when I talk about the two choices are life and death, by choosing life, yes, we'll still have hardships, but our our plateau is a lot higher than those that choose death. Mm-hmm. And it, it is a choice. You know, if you're apathetic and feel like, hey, I'm not going to choose anything, you have chosen death. <laughs> so so hey, even no action he's not wrong and it's a harsh reality but it's better to be said and heated than completely ignored and just take the punch on the glass jaw on the end day when you're judged like i'd rather be told and have a, a willful choice to make right and and if you can hear us there's still time yeah. So that that is the hope. It's like if you're listening to this right now, there's still an opportunity to make a choice. And it may not be instant. But, you know, as with any behavior, as with any habit that needs to be built, it's just minor course corrections down the line yep. that add to or build a habit. And then before you know it, you're speaking life, you're doing life, and then you can start to have hope in the life to come yeah. versus the alternative. And the alternative is not pretty. The alternative is everything that you literally don't want. And we know all of us don't want it. All of us know. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants death and then eternal suffering. Who in their right mind would choose that? So, of course, what do we do? Uh, in, In order to try to justify and rationalize a life of pleasure, we start making up nonsense, like talking about, atheism, there is no God, or we make up our own ideas about what God is. And we create all kinds of other religions based off of notions 
that give us the opportunity to live as we please. But then we become just mere slaves to what we were already enslaved to. It's just, a, it's just being a slave to lies. Mm -hmm. So you can wake up, not woke, never woke, <laughs> but wake up. Jesus said, awaken, O sleeper, mm -hmm. and rise from the dead, and he will shine on you. Christ will shine on you. Stop sleeping. Stop sleeping. There's yeah. no reason to stay asleep. What is it? Uh, is it, is it red-pilled? Pretty sure it's the red pill. I think it's the red pill. Yeah. I should know this, but I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. So we're going to go with the red, red pill. pill. And just to make sure you all know what I mean by red pill, I mean the one that wakes you up out of the matrix, the one that puts you in the reality that is at the core of, of, of all reality. Everything is, everything is now being presented to you as it truly is. Mm -hmm. There's no escaping reality no matter what you do. You're going to be subjected to the reality regardless of what choice you make, whether, whether Christ or, or anti-Christ. It doesn't matter. The reality is always going to be at the foundation of what God has created. So you could, like, again, it's like a rubber band. You could pull reality. You could stretch it only so far. And the reality is the reality. I like saying reality a lot here. The reality won't break, but you will. So... When reality chooses to say, you know what, you've gone too far and it snaps back into you and you are exposed and reality exposes you, do you know how hard it hurts? Mm. Do you know how bad it hurts and how hard it hits when that happens if you stretch too far? Imagine the pain of a rubber band holding it against your skin and stretching it as far as possible. And I'm talking one of those thick suckers. Mm. Get one of those guys and imagine how bad that would hurt coming back into you. It is no joke how important it is to uphold reality. Last thought for today, and I'll let Chris close out with whatever Chris has to say. Um, there is a scripture, Proverbs 26, I think it's uh, four and five, and it talks about pricking at people's conceit with silly replies. It's talking about if somebody comes to you with something that is clearly nonsense, being able to look at them and say, no, nah, it's stupid. Like literally making a mockery of the nonsense you're hearing. Christians, stop sitting back and pretending like you can avoid the battle that we're in for the truth, for, the, for, for how God and his kingdom is going to be present in this world right now. Because the kingdom's already here now, but it's not quite fully present. Our job right now, again, salt and light. Mm -hmm. How are you going to influence anybody out there if you're not willing to say the hard things to people who are off their rocker? If they're saying some crazy stuff and you know that's going to lead others astray, and you know their intention is to lead you astray based on what you know is truth, you got to speak to that. You don't just sit back and pretend like it's nothing. Because guess what? The more you allow that to happen, the more you don't learn to speak back against it and figure out what truth is for you and for the people that you're a part of, the body of Christ, the more the sinful thoughts, the bad doctrine, the foolishness, the waywardness is going to be more, it's going to become more prevalent in the world you live in. And that's what's, that's what we're seeing right now. Everybody is going to where their itching ears want to hear. Mm -hmm. They seek their pleasure. Their ears never get enough of hearing. Their eyes never get enough of seeing. They need Christ. They need to be brought back down to earth. 
Their heads have become disconnected from their bodies. And hopefully they can be caught before their consciences become seared as with a hot iron or a stake. You don't want your conscience to become seared because you've hardened your heart before God. You've hardened your heart to him. If he's called you and you've ignored his call, wake up, pick up the phone, Mm. the dial tone, yo, like Mm. God is waiting for you to pick up the phone and talk with him. He's waiting for you. Ask, seek and knock and the door will be open onto you. He wants to be in relationship with you, but if you're hardening your heart toward him and you're saying, nah, that's utter foolishness. Nah, that's just stupid. No, I'm never going to do that. Your choice. But Chris and my desperate cry for you is that you would, you would seriously consider reaching out to God. And if you don't know how find someone that you trust or someone that seems trustworthy that Mm -hmm. you've come across uh, who you think represents Christ and uh, someone who stands out from the pack, someone who doesn't act typical. They're probably more in line if they act like a foreigner in a strange mm-hmm. land. So that's just, that's a lot and it's heavy, but it's in line with me using the venom in a way that would actually benefit somebody. So if this mm-hmm. poisons you because you're aversive to the truth, you have a strong, um, hesitation and resistance to the truth. Good. I hope this sits with you. And I don't say that harshly. I say that lovingly. I want this to sit with you so that you are shaken up and pushed into the direction where you might actually seek out the truth. Wow. He put the clothes on me after that. Goodness. (laughs) Um, So yeah, like, like he said, like we've been saying, it was life and death, life and death. You just have to make a choice. Don't be lukewarm. Mm-mm. You just got to pick pick one of those options. Jesus will be like a bee with the honey. He'll just be like, it's going to look crazy, but you don't want to be lukewarm. He says he'll spit you out of his mouth. Yeah. He yeah, wants it want that. hot or cold. Or cold. So yeah, just, just I, I know we like to find other alternatives to, to binary, like yes, no, hot, cold or whatever. Um, but you just got to pick one. You just have to pick life. Because, um, you know, just, just to, to, to bring it back home, you know, we talked about the topic of, of deadly. Yeah. Um, if you don't make a choice or if you choose no, if you choose not to have a relationship, then life will kill you. <laughs> and that, no I mean, life will kill all of joke. us. But one of them has a better alternative, a better, a better afterlife, um, a Infinitely better resolution. Better. And so for those of you that want to have life and life more abundant, that actually can start today. Mm-hmm. You don't have to wait until the end. It can actually start today. You can start to see see signs of it starting today. So um, like Ben said, uh, pray for wisdom. If you're looking for someone, if you need someone to be a partner in this journey, pray to God for wisdom and, and watch God mm. identify somebody. That'll, that'll be your first homework assignment. Um, God said... Um, <laughs> I don't want to say this the wrong way. Don't test God. <laughs> Definitely don't test God. He don't play. Yeah. But if you can come to God like you come to a parent and say, you know what? I need help. Show me the way mm-hmm. or prove it. Yeah. Prove it. God loves proving. And God loves showing up and proving things. He does. So um, that's that's our honest invitation. You know, ask God to prove it because God is faithful. And God wants a relationship with you, and God wants you to have the opposite 
of deadly, yes. which is life more abundant. Amen, Chris. We're going to do something a little different today. I'm actually going to close out in prayer and mm-hmm. I'm going to lift up all of you who are listening and ourselves here, Chris and I, to God, trusting that he's the one that can do this work in your hearts. Mm-hmm. We're planting seeds this way. God's the one who does the watering of the seeds and God's the one who does the growing and he's the one that gets the harvest because all glory goes to him. Mm-hmm. So let's take a moment and pray. Heavenly Father, I'm just so thankful that you love us, uh, that you, those who you discipline, um, you say that they're the ones you call children. So if you receive God's discipline, you know you're a legitimized child of God. Uh, Lord, we lift up all the people that may be listening now. Lord, we ask that anybody who is suffering um, on account of sin, uh, on account of just living uh, in this in this difficult life, we ask, Lord, that you would bring them stillness before you. We ask, Lord, that you would give them hope, renew their hope if they've had some and lost it. Uh, give them new hope if they've never had hope. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would give peace uh, to those who are uh, struggling through many trials, but upholding your standards and being obedient to your word and your spirit. Pray, Lord, that you would help them be still. Uh, Lord, that you would still their hearts, uh, bring them, again, peace and prosperity. Uh, and Lord, that you would help them to remember that they need to be thankful in all things, regardless of what's happening. Uh, Father, I lift up those who don't know you. I pray, Lord, that you would lead them to yourself through your kindness. I pray, Lord, that your, your people, the body of Christ, uh, would be willing to go and be the hands and feet of you, Jesus, the salt and the light of this earth, so that they can bring in opportunities for those of you who don't know, uh, a way to find who Jesus is, uh, some leaders in your lives, people who can teach you things and show you how God is amazing and how he cares for you deeply and that his arm is never too short to save. He can save you from the darkest of places. Uh, He can pull you out of the pit of despair. So Lord, we lift this up to you. We praise your holy name. We're so thankful that you sent your son to die for us so that we could have life in him. Uh, We lift these things up. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So we are just so thankful that you came today, that you came out to check out Internal Explosion, the podcast, episode number six, Deadly. Yeah, that's right. Quotes, but really they're spider facts. (laughs) (laughs) So this has been Benny J. And this is your boy once again, Mr. All the Way Live from the 215, still in the building. (laughs) We love y'all and we hope that Christ shines on you. Have a great day. Peace, y'all. Deuces. Man, you, you hitting hitting the hot prayers, man. Go ahead, dude. Bro. You brought church up in here. I thought to myself, why hold back? Yeah, you're right. Why hold you're back? Right. Like, if we're here doing the work, if this is ministry, mm-hmm. let's put some prayer on it. Yeah, That's man. like throwing a mustard on the sandwich. Yo, you're right. I was thinking like like Wayne Wonder, no holding back, man. You got the song in my head right now, too. <laughs> I'm taking it back to, to college days. Old school. Yeah, man. We a couple of, um, I don't know if I'd go as far to say OGs, but yeah, maybe O-H and then G-E-E-Z. 
we're OGs. Like, oh man, what is wrong with these two? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that's about right. Get a lot of that. Get that, a lot is, of that. that is so <laughs> random. I love it. So, uh, Chris, always a blessing, My brother. dude. Let's keep it up, keep, man. Keep it up, man. God the glory. Yes, sir. Peace all. Double peace. Yeah. Second time peace. Outro peace. What's up? Pass the plate peace. <laughs> <laughs> Inner peace. Centerpiece. Ooh. 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 Um, um, dime piece. <laughs> dime piece. <laughs> Mahogany dime piece. Oh. Ooh. That Nubian Ooh. style princess. Oh man, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna put a period at the end of that and say amen. <laughs> and amen. <laughs> and amen. <laughs> yeah, it was good, dude. That was fun. That was. Yeah. Tell you, man.